Welcome to another edition of the Tuttle Daily Podcast. Hope you guys are having a good day so far. Uh, if you want to follow me, you can go to my website, Tuttle.net. That's Tuttle.net. That has all the links for all my social media, everything pertaining to my life. If you want to go to TuttleTV.com, that's TuttleTV.com. That takes you directly to my YouTube page. Subscribe and hit that little bell button so you're alerted anytime that I go live so you don't miss anything. I posted a couple of videos yesterday, so I'm going to try to do as many updates as I can on there as well as this podcast. If you want to donate, help out the cause. I know everybody's going through a hard time right now, so I don't expect anything, but even a dollar will help. You can go to paypal.me slash Tuttle on the radio. That's paypal.me slash Tuttle on the radio. Every bit of the money is going to be reinvested back into this podcast so I can have better sound. I'm supposed to be getting a mic any day. Uh, Daniel Dennis was sending me a microphone, so I hope to get that soon so my uh, sound can sound better on this show. Uh, If you want to email me, I want to get your questions, comments, let me know what you're doing through this social distancing that's going on. Hopefully, we might have a lockdown soon. I know it's going to be horrible for the economy, but guys, our stats are growing at such a rapid pace right now. Just think where we're going to be in a month from now if we don't do something to lock it down. Uh, But email me, Tuttle at gmail.com. That's Tuttle with two Ds, T-U-D-D-L-E at gmail.com. So uh, I don't want to get right into the coronavirus stuff, but I wanted to talk about with uh, the coronavirus uh, closing down a lot of the movie theaters, they're releasing a lot of these new movies to video on demand. and, And it's been pretty awesome to see some of these movies. I think it's a great idea by the movie industry. One of the things that I do have a problem with is that most of the movies that have come out video on demand, I think I think are priced a little bit too high. Usually to rent a movie like on iTunes or Amazon, it's not any more than $5, but these new movies that are coming out, uh, they're charging almost $20 a pop. And I, I, I can see where they're coming from. I'm thinking that their, their reasoning for doing it is because most families, they're together, they're going to be watching it. So you're talking maybe a family of four. Uh, we'll go on the low end, $5. You're talking $20 to go see a movie. But, you know, what about these single people uh, that are that are locked down or are self-quarantining? I just don't think $20. I think that's a little bit pricey when it comes to these movies. I think if you would have charged a reasonable price, they would have had more people renting these movies. But two of the movies that I recently seen, one I wanted to watch, the other one my mom wanted to watch, so I would have downloaded that for her. My parents, there's no way they could have figured out that video on demand thing. Yes, they have smartphones, but they barely use all the options that that you can use on a smartphone. So uh, me being here has helped them out. So the first movie that we ended up renting, which was last week, was the movie Emma, and it was okay. It was it was entertaining, but I didn't think the story was a, as great. It was kind of all over the place, and I've never been a big, big love story type movie guy, but the other movie that I ended up watching was uh, the movie with Ben Affleck called The Way Back, where he is a alcoholic uh, construction worker, great basketball player when he went to high school, and in the school that he had ended up playing basketball for, he got, gets offered the head coach 
coaching job, and he's a little bit hesitant and and ends up taking the the job and does a really, really good job. I don't want to go too much into it and ruin the movie for you, but this is one of Ben Affleck's top three acting movies. Uh, of course, uh, my favorite one he's ever been in was most likely, yeah, Goodwill Hunting. I, I think Goodwill Hunting, him and Matt Damon were absolutely fantastic in that movie, but his acting was so good in this movie, and I think the reason why he he played such a great alcoholic in the movie was right when he was offered to shoot this movie, he was uh, going through a stint in rehab for his alcoholic problem, and I think it helped him get into the role better, playing the role of an alcoholic basketball coach, trying to make the difference in a bunch of kids' life and struggling with his alcoholism, and you know, it was really, really real for me to watch because if you've been following my career since my divorce, I had a tremendously bad, bad drinking habit. And I'm about eight months now of no drinking. And some of the the scenes in this movie were brought me right back. And some of the shit that he was doing in this movie, you know, I was like, I've been guilty of that. I've been absolutely guilty of everything that he's doing. And I think he just nailed the feeling, the real realness of the character playing the character that he did. So I suggest please check it out. The Way Back was awesome. Uh, like I said, the movies are a little bit pricey, but if you're stuck at home and you're a movie guy and you want to see a movie, it's kind of worth it because you're getting to see new movies. Uh, the other movie that ended up coming out, and I don't know if I'm going to spend 20 bucks on it, is uh, Birds of Prey. Yes, I'm a big, big, humongous superhero movie guy, but I think DC uh, has been falling a little bit short. The Joker was absolutely brilliant. And Birds of Prey having to follow uh, Joker, I think when you compare those two movies together, I think it's just night and day. So I think that's why Birds of Prey is getting lambasted by critics. But I'm I'm probably going to give it a shot. I, I, I most... Most of the times, I don't agree with critics, and I go and and I'll highly enjoy a movie. So I don't know. I just don't know if I'm going to waste twenty bucks on a movie that's just god awful. And uh, a lot of the DC movies have not been able to impress me, especially compared to the Marvel movies in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. So I don't know. Check it out, guys. Hope you enjoyed my reviews. But I want to get into this next story. And before I go into this, if you're a listener of this and you're a Trump supporter, I'm not necessarily necessarily trashing Trump. I don't support any political party. I just need to say that because I don't want you guys saying, well, Tuttle, you're a Democrat. That's why you're going against Trump. No, I'm just reading stories and I read a lot of different stories and and I found ones that kind of tell the same story here. I think all politicians are crooked. I think we would be in the same spot we are right now if Biden or Bernie Sanders was in control. So please, I feel this way about all politicians. So don't think I'm just trashing Trump because I hate him. I, I pretty much hate all politicians because I don't think that they have our best interests uh, in, in, in their ideas. They really don't care about us, uh, you know, until we get lobbyists out of here. You know, right now, people are more worried about the economy in this country. And yes, it's going to be devastating people, but we have to do something to stop this at the rate that we're dealing with new infections and deaths here in the United States. 
and and you know doctors and scientists are all saying that America is going to become the epicenter of this infection, this disease, this virus. We're going to have more people than China and Italy here in a couple of weeks if we do not stop the rate that we're growing with new infections on a daily basis. Now, this report comes from the Daily Mail, so take that all in hand. It's it's a UK tabloid type deal, but I've also read other stories that back this up, and they're saying America could overtake Italy and become the new virus epicenter at a very large acceleration in infections and 100 deaths a day warns who as Trump ignores threats and vows to reopen the U.S. So just take that as what you want. But the World Health Organization has warned the United States has the potential to become the new coronavirus epicenter following a very large acceleration in infections. Over the past 24 hours, 85% of the new cases were from Europe and the United States. WHO spokesman woman Margaret Harris told reporters on Tuesday of those 40%, they were from the United States. Italy currently has the highest number of coronavirus deaths in the world with more than 6,000 after abruptly overtaking China when the outbreak began in late December and 3,281 people died late last week. So there's still the bad spots where you don't want to be at. But the U.S. is on pace to become the new leader after its death toll climbed to 586 on Monday, a sharp rise of more than 100 in a single day. So, yes, we're we're speeding up our infection. You know, remember this. uh, I forget the doctor's name, Osweller, that was on the Joe Rogan show, and he called this. He said, you're going to start seeing a doubling rate every four days. Over the past week, there have been a surge of new cases as testing across the country increased. On Monday alone, more than 11,000 new positive cases were confirmed as the total number surpassed 40, 46,400. So yeah, that's that's a little scary, guys. Uh, somebody else asked whether the United States could come become the new epicenter. Harris said, we are now seeing a very large acceleration in cases in the U.S., so that does have the potential. The warning came hours after, after President Donald Trump said that he will reconsider the nation's social distancing policy within a matter of days and promise America America will be open for business very soon, despite the warnings from medical experts that strict containment measures are still needed. He doubled down on Tuesday morning by insisting that he could reopen the economy while protecting at-risk populations from the coronavirus. He said, our people want to return to work, Trump wrote on Twitter. They will practice social distancing and all else, and seniors will be watched over protectively and lovingly. We can do two things together. The cure cannot be worse by far than the problem. Congress must act now. We will come back strong. Now, I know a lot of you guys have probably not and most likely have not been following the daily numbers. I've always been a big number guy, uh, probably most likely because I grew up a baseball fan. And if you're a baseball fan, you follow statistics. And I'm just going to give you a rundown of how the daily infected has ramped up on a daily basis. So um, back on 3-8, we had 121 deaths. The next day, 178 on 310 we had 289 at 3 on 311 we had a little bit of a decrease of 247 but the next day on 312 we went to 424 infected on a daily basis on 313 we went to 529 and then on 314 we jumped up to 723 now the next day on 315 we we had a little bit of a decrease by 20 people uh, 
at 7.07. And then the following day on 3.16, we jumped up and had our first daily total over 1,000 with 1,046. Now look at this jump, guys. On 3.17, we went from 1,046 to 1,742. And then on 3.18, we went to 2,557. Now this is a big jump. On 3.18, we were at 2,557, but on 3.19, we jumped to 5,294. And then we had a little bit of increase on 3.20, which was 5,337. And then we had another big jump on the next day at 8,364. And then this is on the fourth day, we had another doubling, and that went uh, on 3 23, it was 11,230. So just look at those numbers. And that is in less than a month, we had that type of increase. Now, guys, if we hold strong, and we don't do anything, look at where we're going to be. If you you take what, that's about two weeks. So give it another two weeks. If we're at 11,230 11, right now, what do you think our daily increase is going to be like in, in another two weeks? That means we're going to have close to, I don't know, about 26,000 new daily patients a day. That number is going to get ridiculous. Just think about a month and a half if we don't do anything. I mean, we're, we're on a, a balance beam right now, and we're, we're, we could go either two ways. We could go to the right and, and think about the economy and just, just basically say, we don't care who gets sick. We don't care who dies, but the economy is too important. Or we 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 decrease that curve, we flatten the curve, and and kind of stop it because this is going to keep growing at a rapid pace if we don't do something drastically. What could this do the economy if a lot of people die? Our healthcare system, people going to the emergency room, we're going to be over flooded. We have to do something. I don't know what. I don't have the answers to everything, but I'm also not in charge, so I'm not getting. I didn't apply for the job. I just have my opinion. I don't know if it's right. I don't know if it's right. What is more important, the economy or people's lives? It's just something we have to think about as American citizens. I want to get even more local. I just talked about the United States of America, but I also want to talk about our state and trying to figure out what the fuck our governor is doing. I He, he refused to cancel spring break, and this is a story I'm going to get into a little bit later, but now the spring breakers are, are showing up infected. They'll most likely pull through it, but you know what? I'm seeing more and more stories and videos of people that are young, below 40, that have caught the coronavirus and are absolutely miserable right now, and some of them have died. Some of them have died. Not only have, are these younger people going to spread it around to everybody and just keep this pandemic going at an alarming rate because they all wanted to have fun and our governor would not shut down spring break. So that's one thing that's biting us in the ass. He refuses to shut the, the state down when we have one of the oldest populations in the whole United States of America. So he's going to put those 
those people at risk, but he refuses to shut the economy down. And there's the biggest reason why he won't shut it down. We have no income tax here in the state of Florida. Florida counts on suckers coming to Florida, spending money on overpriced tickets to go see the mouse here here in Lake Buena Vista, and and we're losing money because we are, we're not spending money because of that six cent or six cent sales tax that we count on to pay for everything around this goddamn state. Listen, I'm happy we don't have a state income tax. It's great. If you don't want to pay taxes, don't spend as much money. You can get away with spending less taxes if you don't spend money, but it's pitting us in a bind right now, and our governor is too worried about our economy first than what he is about saving the older population here in this state. Not only the older population, but the people in their 30s, 40s, and 50s. I think that this is going to be dangerous, and now, you know, he he's put this quarantine down for anybody flying here from New York, because all the New Yorkers, all the people that come down here during the wintertime to escape the brutal winters up north are going to stay They're They're going to come back down here and they're going to be driving as well, too. They're not going to be flying. Yes, it's cheaper to fly, but I don't think anybody wants to be in a flying to Petri dish. That's that is an airplane. So they're going to drive down here. They're going to invade our population. We're going to miss them. We're going to be in the same goddamn situation that New York, the state of New York and the city of New York, Manhattan is in right now. If we do not shut it down, we should be pitting people. I mean, you know, if 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 the president wants to open us back up, open us back up. But you need to close the state borders down. No traveling from state to state. If you want to keep the spread of this pandemic, if you're going to open us back up for business, you have to make a little bit of a, a, a deal here and not like keep traveling from state to state. Keep the states locked down so the spread will be contained, you know, state by state. At least you're keeping it from spreading all over the country. So if you're going to do that, you need to shut down the states. And I don't even know how our governor is going to check all the cars coming in here from New York and spreading the infection even more. We're kind of screwed here in the state of Florida. And and don't be surprised that if we're going to be open back up for business, the theme parks are going to open back up for business. Because once one business opens up, they're all going to open up. And I, I feel like I've been reading on Twitter a lot of these people that are they're going to boycott. You're going to see a lot of boycotts of people not showing up for work. They're going to strike. And I, I think a lot of people are just going to stay home because they're in fear of their lives right now at the moment in our country. Now, with this virus being new, we're learning about new symptoms and stuff that are happening to people. I've read in some cases people are having up to 20 to 30 percent uh, permanent damage in their lungs. And, you know, what this disease does, and a lot of people think that it's the virus itself that's killing them. And I could be wrong. Like I said, there's so much misinformation out on the Internet. And that's why I tried to uh, try to at least read, you know, two to three sources to find out what people are saying. But uh, what what's happening with this virus is that the virus is attacking the lungs and it's killing a lot of the lung tissue. And then that lung tissue gets infected with bacteria, which leads to pneumonia and it's killing people that way. So that's one of the things I learned new about the disease. Another one is uh, something coming out about people losing a sense of taste and smell. And uh, in this story, it says a loss of smell or taste might be an early warning sign of infection 
situation with the pandemic virus, says medical experts who cite reports from several countries. It might even serve as a useful screening tool, they say. The idea of virus infection reducing some smell is not new. Respiratory viral infections is a common cause of loss of smell because the inflammation can interfere with airflow and the ability to detect odors. The sense of smell usually returns when the infection resolves, but in a small percentage of cases, smell loss can persist after symptoms disappear and in some cases become permanent. Now, there's good, good evidence from South Korea, China, and Italy for the loss of impairment of smell in infected people, says joint statement from the president of the British Rhinological Society of uh, the UK. Uh, in South Korea, some 30% of the people who tested positive for the virus have cited a loss of smell as their major complaint in otherwise mild cases, they wrote. So, I mean, think about that, guys. You t- you taste a lot of your food from smell and how bad and how much would it suck if you permanently lost your smell and sense of taste? I mean, God, that would be horrible not being able I mean, it might help a lot of Americans here in the United States because we're the highest obese country in the world. So it might keep people from eating as much and might lose some weight and our, our weight loss and obesity numbers might drop in our country. But I don't know, man, that's pretty scary that you could possibly lose your sense of smell and taste, which I don't know, man, that that would be really, really awful. And it's also scary. Now, I talked about this earlier and, and I'm really fucking pissed off at these asshole Gen Z or millennials. I don't even know which ones were at spring break. I, I think there is a mixture of all generations there. But at least five students from the University of Tampa have tested positive for the coronavirus after traveling with other students from their school uh, for spring break. The university announced on Twitter this comes after crowds of spring breakers in Florida were criticized for ignoring uh, social distancing guidelines and packing beaches in complete disregard of the potential risk. University of Tampa announced Friday that it learned that one student who resides off campus tested positive for the virus. Just days later, the school confirmed that five students who were part of a larger group traveling together during spring break had tested positive for the coronavirus. So uh, the school moved all of its classes to online instruction on March 17th, but some of the students were still in close contact with each other over the spring break and in school's residential halls, which are still open. Guys, these kids, I don't know, man. What happens if they kill people? I mean, wouldn't that be manslaughter? Like, if you accidentally are driving and you kill somebody because you were being reckless and not taking the advice or following the rules that were set in place, these people should be held on charges for going out and not listening to to opinions and getting other people infected. What if they bring it home and kill some of their grandparents or even their parents? I'm sure that it's going to suck for them and they're going to be kicking themselves in the ass for the rest of their lives. But I mean, at some point, these people need to be held responsible for not taking this shit seriously. I'd I'd like to hear from you. Email me, Tuttle at gmail.com. That's Tuttle with two Ds, T-U-D-D-L-E at gmail.com. Should charges be brought forward to these kids that ignored warnings not to go out to spring break, the ones that found partying and having a good time more important than than the endangerment of, of their loved ones and their co-workers and the people in their their neighborhoods. These people didn't give a fuck. They were like, fuck you. We're not going to get it. I'll be fine if I do get it. And I don't give a damn if anybody else gets sick from my dumb ass experience. And, and if they die, they die.
I mean, that's basically what they're saying. They don't give a fuck about anybody but themselves. All right, guys, I hope you guys have a wonderful rest of the day. I hope you're enjoying the podcast. I'm trying to mix it up a little bit, especially talking about the movies at the beginning of the podcast. But I'd like to hear from you. Email me, Tuttle at gmail.com. Go to my website, Tuttle.net. That'll take you to everything uh, that's in my career or in my life on the Internet or on social media. If you want to donate, you can. I don't expect anything because everybody's going through a hard time right now. But you can go to paypal.me slash Tuttle on the radio. That's paypal.me slash Tuttle on the radio. Guys, I hope you are safe. I hope you're getting through this tough time. We'll get through this. I'm here for you. If you ever need anything, just email me. Uh, I'm here for you. If you need to talk, uh, I care about all you guys. And I just want you to be safe. And please don't think that I'm trying to scare everybody. I'm just trying to lay everything down that I've been reading. Yes, the economy is important to me. I know we need a good economy in this country, but something needs to be done. Our citizens need to be protected. They're scared right now. So there's an easy balance. You know, it needs to be taken seriously, not too seriously, but also, you know, don't be one of those people that doesn't prepare and just goes about life as usual because you could be putting yourself in danger as well as your loved ones, the people you work with and the people that live in your neighborhood. So guys, have a great day. I'll talk to you tomorrow.